we want to invite you to a special episode of Sermon Underwear on June 1st at 3 p.m. Central Time. We'll be doing our podcast over Zoom. So it will be a live uh, Zoom cast of Sermon Underwear on Monday, June 1st at 3 p.m. We'll send out a link to that along with our Facebook post for this episode. And you can join us there. Or if you don't want to join us for the live service, it will still be recorded and posted later so you can listen in then. Again, join us Monday, June 1st at 3 p.m for a live Zoom cast of an episode of Sermon Underwear, and we'll open it up for questions and conversation at the close of that time as well. Hope to see several of you there, and looking forward to meeting some of our listeners. Welcome to Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we look at the stories, situations, and conversations that lead up to the sermons preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. This is Father Tom. And this is Pastor Perry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernments of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by, by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Our second reading is from Acts, second chapter, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. You know, I, as I heard this this time, I was thinking, I'm kind of glad that I wasn't given the gift of various kinds of tongues, because <laughs> the one tongue that I have seems to get me in an awful lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no comment. <laughs> I'm going to hold, hold that's my tongue That's a good discipline. That well, well disciplined, <laughs> Pastor. Well disciplined. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, in the, in that, uh, I was actually trying to figure. Okay, now let's see. Which one do I have? Utterance of wisdom. Hmm. 
Um, let's see. Maybe the next one. Mm. <laughs> Which one might be my gift? I'm still wondering. I think there is a tendency, though, when you, when you hear this, it's like, yes, finally somebody dared to make a list of what the gifts of the Spirit are. So, okay, I'm listening now. Which one have I got? And, and what if I get to the end of this? And, oh, I haven't heard any of my, any of, uh, any of the gifts listed here that I have. Um, mm. What, do I not have the Spirit? And I guess I'm thinking particularly of faith as a gift of the Spirit that regardless of what, what you see or don't see or hear listed here, which uh, I want to say faith was listed in there. Uh, that's, that's one that uh, we understand is granted to us through the Spirit. The, the fact that we hear and believe this word. Well, Paul says that right at the beginning. Nobody says Jesus is Lord. That just, it doesn't happen without the Spirit. Did right, it? so yes, I can feel like I have a gift of the Spirit then, to have that faith. You know, because that's, I think that's really probably the greatest gift, like you said, that we, that we receive. And without mm -hmm. that, we are stuck trying to do it ourselves. This verse that sticks out to me is verse 7 in the Corinthians text. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It took me a while to figure Paul can be a bit dense sometimes. <laughs> but I think what that but I think what I'm hearing Paul say is we the Holy Spirit sort of bubbles up differently in all of us and all that goes towards the common good. Um, I'm trying to think I've been thinking a lot about the common good recently as we as a culture have to think about the common good. How do we you know we we Iowans and Americans the motto of Iowa is, our liberties we prize, our rights we shall maintain. We really like our individual rights. And when we think about the common good, I just think about sort of the economy of the Holy Spirit is, you know, is, is focused away from us as, you know, all of these gifts work in tandem. All these gifts aren't to glorify an individual, but they all are gifts from God that go for the common good and so it's nice to be reminded of that of God's economy in that where all of these you know we've all we all I mean I think maturity in a Christian is recognizing that some people have gifts that you don't and stop being jealous of that and celebrate it you know I, th I mean I think it's easy for especially people in the church to say wow I really wish I could sing like that person or I really wish I could preach like that person and I think maturity comes when you just say wow I'm really glad that that person can do that even though I can't uh, because it all goes to the common good but yeah sorry that's just that little that little common good thing stuck out to me and I had to figure out what's Paul talking about there but I think that that's it's been going into my I've been thinking about the common good a lot yeah that idea that there's a, a body there there's a helpful image that I wish was shared with me one time when someone was giving a talk on gifts of the Spirit in this particular passage. And we have this tendency, you know, like you were saying, when you're among others, as humans, we, we love to size up one another and measure gifts and say, oh, I wish I had that, or I don't have this, or, or so on and so forth. And uh, the, the guy that was giving this presentation, he said, you know, think of it like the human body. And 
everybody wants to be the mouthpiece, right? Everybody <laughs> wants to have a voice and tell everybody else what they're doing. Everybody looks at, at the, the mouth of the body and says, yeah, I, I want to be telling everybody else what to do. But if the whole body were, were the, the voice or the, the mouth, then other important things wouldn't be happening. So the analogy he used was, he said, a lot of us think of our gifts of, are like an elbow on the body. So put your hand on your elbow and think about that. It doesn't seem that exciting to be an elbow, but he says, now imagine uh, your mouth and imagine there's no elbow that's a part of that body. How does that mouth or that body get fed without the, without the elbow? Does, doesn't, doesn't happen, yeah, <laughs> right. Perry's trying to flick himself something in the air over there. But, but the idea uh, being that things that seem insignificant are just as essential as the parts that we more so often in a community say, oh, I really want to be like that person who's getting all the attention and who everybody gets to see and hear. So everybody has, they're, they're perhaps not as exciting gifts, but no less important as we think about our community. Well, you know, as we think about this scene of the, of the apostles in the upper room, you know, probably a little scared, not knowing what's going to happen next. That seems to be a familiar posture for these guys up until this point. You think about those, you know, there's 12 apostles, and, if, and you think about, you know, how did, in the tradition it says one of the apostles, there's two Jameses, and in the tradition it says one is called James the Greater, and one's called James the Lesser. <laughs> how would it feel to be? How would it feel to be James the Lesser? But you think about, you know, he was part of that Pentecost moment. He had, he had uh, the Holy Spirit a dance on a tongue of fire above his head, and um, he has just as much of a place in the life of the church as these uh, perhaps bigger name apostles. And uh, I just, you know, I think I just think about that scene of of the apostles having this happen. And we don't hear about what happens to each and every one of them after this moment. But um, the Holy Spirit came upon them just as mightily. And, um, and then a guy like Paul wasn't even there. But he gets almost the most, <laughs> the most pages in the New Testament, nearly. Um, and it just goes to show you, um, you know, our significance in the body of Christ isn't based on what the world values. So if you don't feel, if you, if you are self-conscious, if one is self-conscious about their, their giftedness in the body of Christ, I guess initially that's very normal, but that's, it's a different, it's a whole different ball game uh, when you're talking about giftedness in the church. Well, you never know what that, what that gift is going to be. Um, in class this morning as we were going through this text, what, what struck me was that it was like, so obviously coronavirus is on my mind and you have this gathering of people that need to be spread out and that, that good news needs to be sent out to the people and how are we going to get that done? You have the people all come together for a festival, the festival of Pentecost and, and you got people from all over and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and the disciples speak in tongues, and then they go back to their home countries, mm -hmm. infected with the gospel. <laughs> and they go out to infect other people with the gospel news. And 
The weird part would be is maybe some of these lesser apostles really only needed to infect one or two people with the good news. And yeah. those were the people that were really going to take off and spread this to the rest of the world. But you never know what your, what your part might be. I mean, um, and I think even, right. even if it is a little part of spreading that good news, it's still important because it's hitting somebody who can hit somebody who can hit somebody. So I started with a question uh, with what Father Tom was saying, and now you've kind of got the ball rolling further <laughs> for me, but I still need both of you to help me to think about it. I mean, Father Tom, you said something about these gifts and you'll have to help me think about it now too. I can't even get the question right. But uh, these gifts are valued in a different way than the world values. Or maybe yeah. the way I'm thinking about it too, with this group that's gathered here receiving the Spirit on this day, or us who gather for worship in one way or another today, what is it that the Spirit values in mm -hmm. us? Or what is it that God sees in us that, that he says, yes, that's valuable. I can use that, even if uh, it looks insignificant or like nothing to you. Well, you got, I mean... You, my mind goes right to the Beatitudes, right? If yeah. you are if you are feeling broken, oh, God's got you right where He wants you, right? If you're if you are um, hungry, if you know it's all it's all those God, you know, God desires a contrite heart, as the psalmist says. And so if if you are if you go to the Beatitudes and you know the Beatitudes is not like a GQ magazine or, or, like a, or like a fortune magazine, right? No. These are the, traits, the traits of God's beloved are not desired um, by our culture, uh, largely speaking. And so, but if you find yourself in one of those broken states, uh, I feel like that's where the Holy Spirit has tons of potential to, to take over your life and consume you in a good way. Well, in a scary way, perhaps at first, yeah. but, but in a holy way. Yeah, an open heart and mind to saying yes. You know, kind of like you go back to, <laughs> to Abraham, and the question always is, is how many people did God go to, you know, beforehand that says, hey, I want to be your God? And they said, ah, no, I'm not going <laughs> to move to a different country. No. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it was just Abraham, but Abraham said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And the same with, with Mary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And I think that, that that becomes a huge part of where the Spirit works. That we don't push the Spirit out. That we don't um, push the, the guidance that God is bringing to us away. Because we can do that. I mean, you just started a whole litany of... You know, I think about Hannah and Samuel. You know, she's crying so hard at her church or the equivalent of her church that the pastor comes out and thinks that she's drunk, right? I mean, that she's that she's in that bad of shape. I think about David too, how, you know, David was so lowly thought of that he didn't even get invited to the party. And <laughs> yeah. Samuel had to say, wait, where's the other one? <laughs> and they said, oh, you want that one? Yeah. Um, but I think too about AA, our brothers and sisters in recovery, where it's not until you've reached rock bottom that and totally surrendered to God that, that that holy work can begin. I mean, it's so counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive. But what we, you know, we desire, we, we value strength, we value individualism, we, we value self-dependence, self-reliance. And 
the Holy Spirit, I guess, can probably work with that because it's still from God. But man, if you're brokenhearted, if you're at rock bottom, if you're on your last strike, holy cow, the Holy Spirit can just take over. Yeah, I think all the stories that between the two of you that you, you cataloged there, if I would summarize kind of the, the exchange between God and the individuals would, would be those who are encountering God say, I can't, but I believe you can. Mm. There's this, um, they're looking at their situation and going, I don't know how this can happen, but I believe you can make something happen with this. That's the gift of faith, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're right back to, Perry, where you were talking about at, at the most, I want to say foundational thing, or yeah. gift, of, gift of the Spirit, or, or manifestation of the Spirit starts right there with faith. Let it be according to your will. Jeez. Yeah, and that might be the ultimate invitation, that we are invited to see ourselves in that brokenness, in that incompleteness and inviting God to be in our lives and to do that work which will change us um, in the image that he needs us to be in not the image that the world needs us or thinks that we should be yeah yeah that's a nice way to finish a letter that started off about the foolishness of the message of the cross <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right he brings it yeah, he brings it full circle. Um, one of the thing, one of the things that's on my mind too, as we think about sort of the birthday of the church, right? Um, these these guys, and uh, we're told, uh, you know, probably a couple of the Marys too, Mary Magdalene, and maybe Mary, maybe even Mary, Jesus's mother, um, are in this upper room, and they their lives have been real messed up from this Jesus guy so far. And, you know, I think sometimes there's a temptation that we pray that things can go back to the way they were, that things can go back to normal. And that's not what the Holy Spirit usually does. Usually the Holy Spirit uh, takes us someplace beyond what we could hope for or imagine. And that's what happens in this moment too. You know, they're like, they're at the, they're at the end of their rope, Jesus has been gone for, you know, he, they saw his souls fly, you know, they saw the, bottom of the bottoms of his feet fly up to heaven, and they've been, it's been 10 days, and what comes next? And they're in this upper room, and it wasn't, you know, a very polite angel in a suit that came down and said, all right, everybody return to your homes. You have a nice pension waiting for you that you can live on comfortably, not, you know, extravagantly, but everything, you can have just a nice normal life now. No, their lives are even more messed up, but but set on fire with the Holy Spirit. And I am so encouraged by that in these times because our whole worlds have been totally messed up for the past two months. And I think that we can either take that, we can either start praying, I hope things go back to normal, or we can, we can you know, maybe if we're brave enough, we can pray, God, take us someplace new. And... That's what I'm really excited about in this text. And yeah, I, I just see that God can take us someplace new if we have the, have the courage to follow. What about the Holy Spirit and what we know about the Holy Spirit 
makes you afraid. <laughs> and then, you know, what do you do with that fear? Um, I think it's a very, you know, those angels don't say don't be afraid to all those people in the Bible for no reason. You know, encountering God's a scary thing. Yeah. But what are you afraid of? And I think it's important to be in touch with that and to confront that fear. I'd like you to change me, Lord, but don't touch my sacred cows. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm ready to give everything up to follow you, God, except that one thing. Yeah. And maybe that, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> probably this other thing, too. So if we can just leave those off limits, I'm, I'm, yes. well, I, I'm mostly okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a trial basis. Yeah. When have you seen God, Holy Spirit, come upon someone, whether that's you or, or someone else, that, that really turns someone's life around? Mm. Um, because that, that is a manifestation of faith and of God and, and how that happens, and it, and it does happen. Um, and those are, those are powerful stories, especially for the people who are sitting at rock bottom to know that it does happen, to see those little resurrections in people's lives. Mm -hmm.